0: like if you're going to have this nationwide protest movement inspired in part, multiple cases inspired it, but in part by George Floyd's, you know, just heart wrenching video of him saying that he can't breathe, that the stand white, the hill white America chooses to die on is masks and make me uncomfortable. Like <laughs> if that would happen at the same time, Yes. Like I want to say read the room, but I feel like they did. Like, I almost feel like it's intentional. Even if they don't know it, I think Tucker did when he got them all to believe this. And it just, it's not fair. It's too stupid to be real.
1: The bad news is that everyone is a potential victim. But the good news is that everyone is a potential
0: solution. Sensitize sanitize the masses, to sanitize, keep a social distance and quarantine.
1: Stop! The coronavirus is sweeping over mankind. Everybody must be alert, it's a global pandemic, we can never take for granted. We must be alert, it's a matter of life, we can never take for granted. Uyamu yevene nemo what's going on everyone that was the sweet sweet sound of the ugandan artist bobby wine called coronavirus alert yes uh bobby wine has done more to stop the spread of coronavirus than the entire american government hats off to him love that jam Uh, thank you for not shutting it down, and I'm glad there's not enough copyright on it to stop this stream. What's going on? Welcome to the Vituation Room Podcast Live. I'm Francesca Fiorentini. I am your host. Happy Sun Sunday. Okay, I think it is. I think it is Sunday. It is Sunday, June 28th, uh, the year 2020. The year that why 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 are we still doing why are we doing this year anymore? Why? We thought two th- remember when 2016 was bad? <laughs> oh god, we were so innocent and not sick. Um, we have such a good show for you tonight. Thank you so much for being here for watching live from your homes, from your toilets, cooking dinner, whatever it is you're doing. Uh, we have John Iderola from the Young Turks and his show The Damage Report on the show this evening. Yes, I'm so excited we're going to talk about Coronavirus, not excited about that necessarily, uh, but we're going to talk about progressive electoral victories and lefty media. John and I love to talk about this, and I hope you will enjoy um, it as well. Also, we donate a portion of any tips you guys give us. So, no, let me rephrase that. Tip us. There you go, tip us, the show is free, it is streaming. And then we donate a portion of those tips uh, to different causes every week. Last week it was Black Voters Matter when we had Tammy Sawyer on. This week it is to the GoFundMe of the mother of Elijah McClain, who was the young gentleman who was killed by police last August in Aurora. Colorado. Um, and there has yet to be justice in his case. None of the police officers have been fired. Uh, the guy, I think, uh, his death is sort of hitting us all a little bit harder because he was honestly, seems like one of the sweeter persons you would ever meet. Played the violin to shelter animals. Um, someone who should have never been brutalized or killed or targeted in the way that he was. So please donate to that to us. We will donate a portion of that to his mother's GoFundMe. Um, and also make sure that you, if you're watching on Twitch or Facebook or YouTube or whatever it is, ring the little bell button. So you are reminded when whenever we go live, if you just sort of like scrambled to get here, you're like, Oh my God, what did I miss? Not much. But just remember to you know press that little button. And if you're listening as a podcast, hey, review this podcast. All right, I pleaded with you. I asked for your puns. I got one review that said "love, love." That's a good pun because love is a lie. Um, so thank you for those reviews. And uh, before I bring up my co-host, uh, I want to just read something from my good friend uh, Paulina McFarland, who is married to my other good friend Sasha Wright. Um because it is pride, happy pride. And um, I know it's been a weird pride, but it's been an important pride also, um, highlighting specifically um, Black people in the LGBTQ community and lifting them up. Um, And she wrote something really awesome that I would just wanna share with you guys. Um, She said, I think a lot of us queers have to fight so much to be treated like valuable humans in the streets, at schools, within our own family structures, that we become hardened distrustful or reactive out of necessity to protect our own sanity and physical safety. And some of us often crumble under such awful psychological pressure, but at some point in our lives, hopefully you are around, you are allowed some retrospection and distance that comes from sometimes age or simply lived experience experience. And you, me, we relearn to love who we are, learn to reject objections to our mere existence and stand firmly assured that we are worthy of everything life has to offer, including all the love and all the pride. No matter what the personal struggle, I wish all the queers in my life, in the world, safety first, resolve, love, joy, and knowledge, and that you are absolutely perfect in who you are and how you live your life. Fuck the haters, keep shining and resisting my beautiful, powerful, queer family. Amen, ditto, if I can say that as a non-queer person. But you know, we'll set out an exploratory committee by the end of this month. Thank you, Paulina, for those beautiful words. And with that, I want to bring in uh, my co-host. Uh, he's a comedian. He's a labor organizer. Um, he's a daddy, not with a Z, not yet. Uh, please welcome Mr. Nato Green.
2: Hello. Hola. Hola, que tal? Como estamos?
1: Bien, bien. Todo bien, más todo bien. bien. Si. Sí. Así, así. Qué were you taught a CSC in high school of Spanish? What is that? Can Spanish native Spanish speakers tell me if anyone it's, uses It's supposed to be like so-so,
2: but nobody says it.
1: Nobody says it.
2: Like, I, like native Spanish speakers will say dos tres.
1: Dos tres? Yeah. Does that mean talk to police in Spanish? Like, no, like, tres tres. like, like,
2: like, mas o menos. Those, you know.
1: Dos tres, like entre dos y tres.
2: Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh. So, what's going on? I, I was thinking, so uh, Elijah McLean uh, killed by cops in Aurora, Colorado. And I was like, why have I heard of Aurora, Colorado before? And it took me a minute. And then I remembered the last time Aurora, Colorado was in the news was the 2012 massacre when that guy shot and killed a bunch of people during the Batman movie. Yep. Uh, so, man, fuck Aurora, Colorado. Whatever's going on over there.
1: Yo, fuck that guy forever and also fuck I, him forever. I, I also
2: I have my drink, by the way.
1: Oh good. Oh good. I was worried. Yeah. You weren't subdued enough. So I was oh, like, Yeah, where's NATO's whiskey?
2: I have it no, in my No, fuck that guy
1: because I can't go to like a Batman movie now. Anyone else, you can't go to a Batman movie without looking over your shoulder. Like I saw the Joker in theaters and I was like, no, please. If I saw like a bad dye job, you know, cause that crazy dude had like a horrible orange hair and I was like, nah, you're like, that's, it's that guy. If you right. just went to a hair salon for that anyway, well, NATO, welcome. Happy pride. Happy pride.
2: Happy pride. And also it's a twofer. Like I say it, it's my wedding anniversary.
1: Whoa. Is your partner a man? Then it doesn't count.
2: Mm, It doesn't count for pride. (laughs) But, like, you know... But I think it's fun to
1: celebrate pride in the streets. I mean, celebrate your wedding anniversary by, like, you know, kissing a girl or whatever, or you kissing a dude. You know, that's... Well, right.
2: That's fine. Um, You know, it's but also, like, like, like the, the Pride Parade in San Francisco is such a huge deal. Like, people come from all over. Like, back when we were still allowed to go outside. And there would be hundreds of thousands of people, and, like, Standing room only on Down Market Street. It was like a huge thing. But growing up in San Francisco, like you know, like I like I was at pride parades as a toddler, and so like I was like seared into my brain the like early like late seventies militant pride parades when it was just like na- naked people and glitter, you know, everywhere. <laughs> and so I was like, like by the time oh, I was an you adult,
1: can't gl- glitter get glitter out of the cracks. The, the, I
2: know, the, the, particularly the gl- when you're sweating. Yeah, and so I was like over it by the time I was an adult. Like it didn't seem cool anymore. So of course. You know, I have that mindset of like, oh yeah, it'd be great to just like get out of the city for and have a wedding out of town during Pride weekend because like it's too much aggravation. You know, then at least I get a weekend without the traffic from Pride.
1: Yeah, definitely it's like, experience. It's, it's dumb. Pri- no, it's it's uh it's it's like I got I got married on Pride weekend
2: so I could find a parking space. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, experience pride in San Francisco once in your life. Uh, but yes, there will be no parking. All right, let's do this. This is our first segment of the week um which is uh what are you bitching about? This is the segment that so, we uh, start with. So anyone anyone in the comments, what are you bitching about? People listening, what are you bitching about? Find your hate. Nato. Uh
2: so we you know, we 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 talk a lot about karens. Talk a lot about karens. White ladies with extreme. I need to speak with your manager energy. And mm-hmm. uh, I had an experience yesterday. I like went down to the corner store to get something and I was walking back. And um, you know how at the end of the block uh, near where I live, near where you used to live, when you live near me, there's that triangle park. Uh, so there were, there was some two men walking dogs in the park. And then, uh, and then a lady headed towards the park. The men had masks on. There was a lady headed towards the park with her dog. No mask on, and the no. man yelled at her. They were like, "Lady, you can't come in this park with no mask on. The public health order says you have to wear a mask on. Yeah, you have to have a mask." And she was like, "But I," she was very indignant, and she was like, "How dare you, sir?" And she started to film them, and they were like, "Fuck you, lady!" And then they started to film her back, and then she like stomped off. And the moral of the story, Francesca, <laughs> is that uh, is the is that Karens are very vulnerable to being Karened. Like if you, if you out Karen a Karen, then they collapse. So, uh, so that was,
1: And that's what was, absolutely. And also the way that like, everyone's whipping out their phones and, but it didn't like, it didn't seem like a moment really materialized there where it's like, what do you do when you're like filming something and you're like, oh man, she didn't say anything racist. You know, like are are we in that moment where we're like waiting (laughs) to see where it goes? World star
2: uh actually so this is this is uh you know it it happened it, it, another time it happened to me right uh, you know same block I was standing like I was standing on the sidewalk talking to to somebody I knew from my neighborhood we just run into each other on the street and this uh there uh a black woman comes out and starts to move move get into her car and drive away and it's a tight parking place and she is kind of a beater car and the car that she's parked next to is like a night very nice SUV, and so a white lady rushes out and is worried somehow that the black lady is going to bump into her nice car, and so starts filming her. And I was like, I, you know, and uh, and they were like they exchange words, and it was heated. And I and I, and I was like, lady, put your phone away. You're going to be that person. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Don't be that asshole. There are no, and, but
1: like parking in San Francisco will ooh. make you racist. It'll, it'll make, it'll turn you racist. Your honor. Yeah. There, I didn't understand the signs. Um, so I am. What are you Is that what about, you're bitching Francesca? about? Well, that's I what I'm am. Bitching
2: about.
1: Okay, nice. Uh, I, whose side are you on? No one's side on that? Are you just like. No, I was on the
2: side of these guys, uh, uh, yelling, yelling at this woman to get out of the park. I think that's great. I think, uh, you know, that like this, this is what we talk about. Defund the police. This is the alternative. Instead of calling the police in a situation, just shame people. You don't need to call the police. Shame. You know, we have norms. Someone, people should be wearing masks. If they don't wear masks, shame them until they wear masks or go home.
1: I mean, until we have like you know n- friendly neighborhood patrols, like we're in elementary school, you know, or like a, uh, in a rich neighborhood like uh, a cop that wears like a a hat, like a cowboy hat, but isn't armed. Do you know what I mean? Like until we have that where we can just be like, hey, hall monitor, this person isn't wearing a mask. Then I feel like unfortunately people are turning to, it's either extremes, it's like cops or I'm just gonna film you and you know, maybe eventually if you're racist enough, you'll lose your job. I'm bitching about my cat uh, Mm -hmm. who, here's the thing. When you puke up your lunch, you don't get a second lunch. Does your cat have an eating disorder? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she is getting a little fat. No, but listen, if you eat grass after lunch and then you puke it up, don't come back at me. Like, I'm supposed to give you a second lunch. You ate grass. That's on you, girl. So, um, yes, uh, she needs to be a little more spelt, But... uh, that and also class reductionism. I'm bitching about. Mm,
0: sure, uh,
1: we don't need that. We and that class reductionism is essentially if you only believe that uh, everything is about uh, social class and that race and gender are far, 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 far seconds to that. And I think that misunderstands um, this country and how it was founded, and how um, you know capitalism was formed in this country off the backs of enslaved labor and black americans and 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 just for just in case you don't believe me and in case you're you're struggling with this and i w- i would hope that every organization every person is changed by this moment in this civil rights movement new civil rights movement that we're in but i just want to read aoc said something she said intersectionality isn't about virtue signaling or wokeness it's about how we build a majority in progressive democratic politics and if folks have bad racial justice frames or gender justice frames or identity frames You won't go anywhere in expanding the party. And I would say not just the party, but beyond that. You won't go anywhere in expanding the politics. Screw the Democratic Party necessarily. Your own party. You're just not going to build a movement if you don't have true intersectionality. So food for thought.
2: Can I make a confession? Please. Uh, Whenever people say AOC, this is like so deeply NATO green on brand. Uh, whenever someone says AOC, it ta- there's like half a second where I have to think, are we talking about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the f- inspiring firebrand socialist congresswoman from New York? Or are we talking about the phrase appellation d'orhin controlé, uh, which is uh, how you label uh, French exports? for that they're from the original region, like that Bordeaux wine is really from Bordeaux.
1: Can you cancel someone for being too esoteric? (laughs) (laughs) Can I cancel you for being that elitist? Like, oh, I I thought you were talking about the import from France. Uh -uh.
2: I thought you were talking about obscure poise cheeses. It's not even that you can cancel me for uh, retaining too much trivia in my brain. There but, but there's just but, like a lot of junk in my brain and it comes up sometimes.
1: Some people have junk in the trunk, NATO? Yeah. Junk in the brain. Junk in the brain. That's what that's what if we ever had a sitcom. I, I don't have mm-hmm. junk in the trunk. What am I talking about? I was like we'd be junk in the trunk and the brain. But I don't. All right. Moving on. You guys, what are you bitching about? I see people are bitching about Trump. Nah. Yeah, uh sure. That's like way too easy, dude. Uh, no basic noise. basic um people are, are bitching about uh the 1980s why great decade uh except for you know the war on drugs um and, about you know people central who america. central america right, right right and then people are bitching about people who think you're a pussy for wearing masks and uh also that they have to vote for biden oh yes you have to wear a mask kind of like you have to vote for biden it's sort of like a you approach the biden campaign in a very masked way like even if we didn't have covid we would be doing that just both like i don't them, want any of it on me
2: it, well it, i was it's 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 both ways both of them are like if i have it i don't i don't want anyone else to get sick here so that's why i'm doing this
1: <laughs> word all right well that was what we're bitching about and uh now we're going to so, jump I'm in i'm sorry
2: for not pronouncing abolition or hin original or whatever properly I know the I know the terms. Go in the comments. Yeah, go ahead. I know the terms, but I can't pronounce French words. Yeah.
1: Um. All right, let's jump into this week. All right, you guys. Once again, it is June twenty eighth, Sunday evening. This is a look back at the week where, uh, it's been quite a week. Uh, this was the week where the United States experienced its worst spike in coronavirus cases since the pandemic began, forty thousand in a single day. Uh probably because states have been reopening way too soon. And there's still not a federally coordinated plan to actually stop the spread or alleviate economic hardship in any meaningful way. Um, and you know what, Nato? Like, I always thought the fall of the American empire would come from too many endless foreign wars. And who knew it would be from Florida spring break? Daytona Beach! Woo! Like, that was, that's like the last gasp of our society. You're like. Whoa! I think a lot of people knew it would be Florida Spring Break. (laughs) Um, Still, uh, Disney World in Florida, if you didn't know, is going to reopen on July 11th. This is real. And let me say, if that doesn't kill Americans, then the irony of being infected in the Epcot Center, a building that looks like an actual coronavirus, will kill you.
2: I feel good in that context that, like... You know, it's going to be the tourists who want to go, who'd like decide to go that are going to get sick because the like normally in that situation, I worry about the workers getting sick, but they're all they're in the they have their goofy masks on. That's true. And they are a wearing masks. That's the job.
1: And their mask will be wearing a mask. Yeah. Which I think will be cute. Like there's it'll one be, silver lining. so cute. Thank you. Um. The EU, if you guys in here, is also trying to ban passengers uh, and travelers from the States from coming into their country. <laughs> We're not the only country that does bans. Um, and apparently it has nothing to do with the coronavirus, actually. Um, it's because Americans insist on speaking bad Spanish in Paris.
2: It feels like, like, do you remember the the party game you played as a kid, Would You Rather? Like, mm-hmm. would you rather be invisible or fly, you know, or mm, be able to fly, fly? like, Like that kind of thing. It's like... America decided to play the worst "Would You Rather" game of all time. <laughs> like, would you rather an unpredictable number of your loved ones die a horrible death, or bomb our economy into the Stone Age? And you're like, "Can I? Can I not play?" <laughs> and you're like, "No, pick one. No passing. <laughs> okay, both. Then I'll do both."
1: <laughs> <This> game <laughs> I was sucks. Like, Might as well while I'm doing one. Get it over with. I'll, I'll do both. If you never, we never have to play this game ever again. Yeah. Um, also states like Texas, Florida, and California are reversing their reopening process. Um, they're closing things that I didn't know were even still open. Uh, reclosing things like uh, bars. And honestly, at this point, haven't we all learned that drinking in your home alone is the healthiest way to drink right now? Like, Whatever, have your kids set up like a little Western saloon for you in the living room. It'll be adorable. They'll be like, "Go home, Dad. Be with your wife. Tuck me into bed." You know.
2: Uh, can someone in the comments write the joke about like that? The punchline where Francesca <laughs> says they're closing things I didn't even know were still open. We're talking about Texas and Florida, like libraries. Am I right, everybody? Huh? Because they're they're dumb there or something. Seems like that joke wanted to be written. No, okay.
1: Yeah. No, it did. It did. You seem to write it, though.
2: But I was phoning it in. Uh, uh, true, true, true.
1: Someone, someone workshopped that in the comments.
2: Yeah. Tighten that, punch that up. So, uh, this is the week where the Congressional Government Accountability Office re- released an analysis that the Treasury Department, led by noted billionaire creep Steve Mnuchin, sent stimulus checks to 1 million dead people, costing the government $1.4 billion. Billion with a B, as in this bitch. Uh, if we can afford to give a billion dollars to dead people, we can afford a Green New Deal. Don't let anyone tell you different. Uh, I I'm not that upset about it. I feel like turn up turn turn about is fair play, Grandma. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I finally get to do to my grandma from beyond the grave what she did to me my entire childhood, which is slip a five dollar bill into my hand and say, "Don't spend it all in one place." god damn it grandma i can't buy drugs with (laughs) five
1: dollars oh i can't top that nato i'm just moving on all right that was that was great i like that good for you um Uh This was also the week where Nancy Pelosi said the Democrats shouldn't try to impeach Attorney General William Barr, uh, despite him going after the president's rivals and undoing charges against the president's cronies. I'm sure you guys have been watching. Uh, She said we should vote him out, um, but that it should be by, quote, by a lot. (laughs) <laughs> almost as if to say, like, almost as if to say there's nothing she can do about voter suppression or rigging or stealing or anything like that. Um, Then she was asked whether she ch- thought Trump would respect the outcome of the election if he were voted out. And she said yes, but that if not, then, quote, Trump's henchmen would make him understand. Which means you heard her. Nancy Pelosi is down for a coup to remove the president.
2: And. She's just thrown in, thrown in the towel like she's hench henchman like not the cabinet. you know what I mean not his campaign campaign manager henchman like he's Cobra commander. you know what I mean uh, but Pelosi doesn't care that Attorney General Barr is actively and publicly dismantling all democratic checks and balances. Yes, Barr fired the u.s attorneys and other political opponents, but we all know that Pelosi won't actually believe it, that it's a crisis until he fires Bergdorf Goodman.
1: <laughs> true where are you gonna get the Monolo blonics hashtag Monolo blonics third reference in a month um donate guys we're gonna get to-
2: the max mara the max mara coat i did oh, some googling
1: i some cheap i, know, I was like nato knows luxury brands
2: no i just did some googling of what the fuck is pelosi wearing
1: yeah, you googled Um, This was the week where Israel uh, plans to annex the Jordan Valley, a move that would fully encircle the West Bank and cut off Palestinians from literally every border uh, and completely cut them off from the outside world. Wait, did I say week? I meant 70 year colonial settler project that's been aided by American support, Christian fundamentalism and Islamophobia. I almost said Islamophobia, right? My bad.
2: Uh. It's the the annexation is being instigated by recently reelected under a cloud of controversy, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Benjamin Netanyahu is called by his friends Bibi, which is short for Bulbozer, as in <laughs> I will bullboze your ball of breeze and your apartments, maybe bomb some boys and babies with bullets from the Israeli bar uh,
1: <laughs> Bul- <what> stands.
2: <laughs> that's what I that's what Bibi stands for. Uh, now Gentiles, I have to say to you that, uh, sometimes non-Jews get very anxious that you can't criticize Israel without sounding anti-Semitic. And I want to give you a pass. I want to tell you that it's not bigotry to dislike the legislative, the, like the policies of a government. Do you know what I mean? Like you could, there's the difference between disliking a people and disliking the actions of a government. Like the, this week, the, this is also the week where the Tennessee state legislature, uh, pa- again, passed this, a fetal heartbeat bill that would ban abortions after heartbeat is detected. So, I'm against that. You could say that I'm a Tennesseeist cuz I'm bigoted like that against people who do stupid things.
1: There you go. That was a long way to go, but Sorry. M- shorter than where you could have gone explaining the difference between criticizing Israel and cr- criticizing all Jews. So, it's just up. it's
2: it's it's the difference between you know, I'm not sure I approve of the policies of the Israeli government. Versus, I'm not sure I approve of those policies of the dirty Jew, kike bastard Israeli government. <laughs> like, just know the difference between the two.
1: I hope YouTube doesn't turn that into automatic like uh, closed captioning, because we are going to get some really unwanted views. I just uh, had
2: a I just had a problem with my the with the YouTube algorithm got me. Uh there's, a, um, uh there's somebody tweeted this to me, a friend of mine tweeted this to me, that if you play a track of my album on YouTube, that track, How White Are Jews, the algorithm, the next thing that comes up is like this crazy right-wing anti-Semitic video.
1: Of course it is. Of
2: course. Of course it is. Sorry, carry on.
1: No, it's fine. Uh, this was also the week where... San Francisco and Oakland school systems voted to end agreements with police, which is huge. Uh, but it also means that the only recourse for my Oakland public school teacher brother has when a 10-year-old calls him a little bitch is to accept the criticism.
2: He might have to tase his students himself instead of calling <laughs> someone else to do it.
1: The whole yeah, Oh, my God. School supplies. First, it's pencils. Now, they <laughs> there's no tasers. Where's the scotch taser? All right. Our last item. I want our guests to weigh in on. Um, you guys, please welcome to the Bituation Room, the host of the daily political news show, The Damage Report, uh, as well as the climate change Series, True North, that can be seen on the Young Turks, uh, not weekly, but it's there, but he can be seen weekly. I wrote this wrong. John Iderola.
0: Francesca, you nailed it. And thank <laughs> you. Very glad to be here. Francesca, NATO, how's it going? Nice what's to
1: meet up? you. How are you?
0: Uh, I'm like everyone.
1: Thanks so... for working on your day off, bruh.
0: Uh, that's okay. The days all blend together. Why should I take one off? But no, I've been asking to be on this for like a long time. So it would have been a real <laughs> deep move for me to be like, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Please. I don't want it.
0: <laughs> no, I've been looking forward to it. So so what's this last item?
1: Oh, it's the I saved it for you. It's but so it, good. Um, I'm sure you saw this morning that the president had a tweet that he deleted. I did. Um, And it was a video uh, from the Villages, Florida, which sounds like a closed community within a closed community within a closed community. It pretty much oh. is. And a Talbots. And a Max Mara. Um, anyway, and a parade <laughs> of MAGA golf carts uh, went around in a pro Trump protest, and then there was a counter protest. And someone, an older gentleman in the one of the golf carts, yells "White Power." And I just want to play it and then get some reactions uh, from you all. Yeah! Where's your Oh, 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 listen no to your president if you want nasty language, idiot. Hey, officer! Hey, get back That's in your car, ass. You get back the the in the the your car, asshole! Oh. Pick out a woman. you, yeah, you big boy. You you, big boy. the officer? in your car. Hey, Where's your car. Hey. <laughs> wow. right. like in in <laughs>
0: Uh, I have a lot of thoughts. Um, one, I always thought those like retirement communities were like boring. They're described as boring. That's more fun than I've had all pandemic. Um, they say that the president, like he shared this without realizing that they yelled white power, but it was
2: like the very beginning. It was the uh-huh. first thing you hear was white power.
1: Very, clear. <laughs>
2: very My So my favorite thing about it is that, is that everyone in the video on both sides is white and old. Mm -hmm. And so if you're like only listening to the audio and you can't see the signs, like if you – like I live in the Bay Area, and if there's a protest and a counter-protest, you don't even need to look at the signs or hear the words. You could just go by tone and know which side people are on. Like – you know, like the left wing is always like, well, you know, <laughs> and then the other side is like, blah, blah, blah. and this is both. It's like the 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 anti-Trump white people were as horrifying, like just in bit tone. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, welcome the, to the, the villages,
1: baby. The villages. In the village, there was
2: the one lady who kept calling for the. If you if you're just hearing the audio, there's the lady who keeps calling for the officer is wearing a Black Lives Matter T-shirt. It's like unclear on the concept of Black Lives Matter, lady, like like (laughs) the kind of person who says Black Lives Matter, but it sounds like they mean the N word. You know what I mean? Like,
1: um, (laughs) okay. well, let's talk about I want to leave her aside. I think the first thing is golf carts, y'all the golf carts, is it a pro Trump thing? Is it a retirement community thing? What it is, is fucking hilarious. Like it's the most pathetic <laughs> way to show your support or protest or whatever. Already funny. And then when the, the woman who's with the black lives matter t-shirt says, you know, fuck Trump, two golf carts are like, first one's like, watch your language. And then the other <laughs> golf carts like, that's a nasty word. You know, <laughs> I'll just like, oh, how dare you? Yes, I want to lock all Mexicans up, but uh, ah,
0: yeah, (laughs) white power. But let's keep it civil, okay? There's kids, well, there's 50 year olds, okay? Everyone. (laughs) One one thing I noticed too that, like, we we imagine that when, like, the gap between the oldest lefty and the youngest lefty, the oldest right winger and the youngest right winger must be so big. But what the, the comment that stood out to me was the, like, 90-year-old man who's like, you'll be crying in November. He's just like Talking Points USA kids. All he wants is lib tears. That's the highest, like, goal for a right-winger is, I don't care if I literally die in lava. I want you to cry before I do.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Because um, they know they're wrong, but it's like they just want to bottle up the tear. Yeah. Uh, I... So one quick note about the, the woman who I don't have the clip, but the woman with the Black Lives Matter T-shirt that, she, uh, or the, sh- the Chico's shirt that she then wrote Black Lives Matter on, um, which already is a sacrifice. But <laughs> her name is apparently Sharon. And so now the Internet is saying that, she, that Sharon is the anti-Karen. Sharon is better than Karen. Be a Sharon. Don't be a Karen. Sharon isn't Karen. For the first time. That should be a shirt. Yeah. And may I just say as someone whose landlord is named Sharon, I wholeheartedly disagree. Sharon is not an anti-Karen. She's a weaponized. Sharon is a weaponized Karen.
0: Mm-hmm. And Sharon is Karen with power.
1: Sharon is is yeah. the manager that Karen wants to speak to. <laughs> but uh anyway, I just thought that was um, you know, so cute, despite the, you know, white supremacy. And and ridiculous. But, John, you've seen this kind of thing every single day. Like, we have this week in Karen, you have every single day you're looking at mm-hmm. uh, people refusing to wear masks, people going on racist tirades. From the very first video with the actual doctors and nurses who were working at a hospital where there were COVID patients standing in front of someone yelling at him or them. Um, and so I guess... Like, what moment of hell are we in? I always ask you this on your show, but I feel like, you know, COVID cases have gone up, skyrocketed, and you've been following this really closely. If there was a one, if there were, if it's possible to discern kind of like the most bizarre part of all of this or Mm -hmm. like kind of the thing that's shocking to you or the most shocking to you, what would it be? I mean...
0: I don't know. I like. I am. I am a beat dog at this point. Like everything shocks me, and nothing. Like I'm scared of everything that's coming at me, but I don't. I don't have any energy to ward it off anymore. It's just every day, it's another punch in the face. But I guess if I there's there's two things: a substantive thing and a sort of imagery, metaphorical thing that's most mm-hmm. shocking. So substantive is um, I've been wondering since before the 2016 election what Trump would do. And then, sort of as a secondary thought, and what will people make of it? And I would have assumed, even at my lowest point, that if he presided over the deaths of over 120,000, you know, official count and didn't even pretend to care along the way, that that would break through to people. But if it has, it's broken through to like a handful of people. And that. That is truly shocking. Even after following politics for you know as long as I have in media, like I really would not have believed that you could see that many people die and have your base stay almost perfectly rock solid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then the other thing, the, the metaphoric thing, I'm sure is like if you're going to have this nationwide protest movement inspired in part, multiple cases inspired it, but in part by George Floyd's you know just heart wrenching video of him saying that he can't breathe that. The stand white the hill white America chooses to die on is masks and make me uncomfortable. Like <laughs> if that would happen at the same time. Yes. Like I want to say read the room, but I feel like they did. Like I almost feel like it's intentional. Even if they don't know it, I think Tucker did when he got them all to believe this. Yeah. And it just it's not fair. <laughs> it's too stupid to be real.
1: It's so simple though. I mean, this that is white privilege right there. Yeah. Can, on a platter. Where are the lessons?
2: Can I um uh on the on the topic of um uh the part of Trump's base that like I've seen a bunch of articles circulating about like Trump is losing ground with working class white women and you know the LA Times had this big article about Mojave County, Arizona and people, you know, be, being bummed about Trump there and whatever, and like diehard Trump supporters. And there was just a bunch of um, I feel like there's a way that like the Biden campaign and the de- sort of establishment Democrats are very excited about it. And I'm like, great, now we can pick up this, these 35 uh, former Trump voters who who are disappointed <laughs> and are ready to come back and we can go back to ignoring the left. Like we don't need to, we, we can pivot to the right to get those people. We don't have to pivot to the left to, to, to re- regain the, the Bernie voters.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I I I mean they were gonna they were gonna try to do that anyway, but now they have sort of a swagger because they think it's gonna work, which is even more it's like insult to injury. But yeah, you're right. Um and, and Biden is doing it. And there's even a little bit of polling to indicate that it might be working in some states. I mean, at the end of the day, it all comes down to the electoral college and with as much voter suppression as we're already seeing throughout the primary, you know, you can't take anything for granted. Um, but yeah. yeah as say Pelosi everyone.
1: says, we gotta win big. Do it by a lot. Okay, okay, Pelosi, we'll (laughs) get on that. Jesus Christ, can you help us vote? (laughs) Could you send some resources over to Georgia? Mm -hmm. Come on.
0: Can you pretend like people having access to the vote, in fact, as well as in law matters, that that's something, like if they're going to shut down all these polling places, if they're going to make it as difficult and as expensive as possible to vote, could you make an ad or something, like have a little bit of political cost to it? Because right now it's free. It's gratis. They just do it and it doesn't even hurt them at all.
1: Yeah. That is actually interesting about ads. Like, I don- I'm not even aware that there are local ads that are bought by the Democratic Party generally to mm-hmm. vote. Like, here's how to vote. It's always on like callers and, you know, phone bankers to be like, well, help- let me help you find your polling place from California, you know? Um, anyway, that's a whole.
0: Yeah. The course you probably have is like an Obama speech where he'll like, you know, tell people they have to.
1: Right. And we're like, great. Where? How?
2: Remember, if you're in line by the time at at seven o'clock or eight o'clock when the polls close, they can't turn you away. Like all that stuff, all the logistical stuff about voting. People need to hear.
1: Right. Um, I was going to, you know, on the on the back of talking about Biden and whether or not they're actually going to listen to progressives, we have some good, progressive good pivot. victories.
2: Good segue, Francesca.
1: Yo, how good. dare you? Drink, no. drink, drink, your, Genu- drink <laughs> your whiskey.
2: Genuinely <laughs> good segue. No,
1: no, uh-uh. Look, you already made the audience workshop your shitty joke. Um,
2: uh, it's called democracy. <laughs>
1: oh, I trust God, the people. No no that i will never we can we never ever ever allow the people to democratically workshop comedians jokes oh my
2: god yeah
1: because i've yeah. already it's just about stealing shit from twitter jk i would never do that <laughs> um but no, but there have been some really great, you know, electoral wins this week and we didn't talk about it, but we will now, um, in specifically New York and maybe in Kentucky, but Mondaire Jones won in New York's 17th district, um, like a very wealthy suburb of New York. Um, he is for Medicare for all a green new deal. He's also gay and black and he will be one of the first, um, gay black, uh, representatives in Congress ever. Um, and then in the New York 16th District, the Justice Dems back candidate, Jamal Bowman, unseated a 32-year uh, incumbent. I don't know how long Elliot Engel's been there. It's up there. Um, what, what? Somewhere, it's, it's, right? It's
0: in like the two-decade range, somewhere around Why there. Why
1: do you want to be in office for that long? It's like 34 years. Like, uh,
0: Have you had a real job? It's not
1: great. True. I, I do hope Elliot is driving for Lyft. In the <laughs> Just like, well, I used to be in Congress. <laughs> no. Um, I should have uh, had a
2: fallback career. I should have <laughs> learned to trade.
1: <laughs> oh, never get primaried. Womp 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 Um, and anyway, Jamal is for Medicare for All. He's an educator. Also, he's for Medicare for All. He's basically said that he's a socialist, also. AOC won her seat again crazy landslide against like maga version aoc
2: um didn't she win by like 69% bro nice.
1: 69
2: hey anyway sorry
1: yeah it's okay it, it's for it the all... corners of the internet that will like your earlier comments as well
2: yeah
1: sure <laughs> um and then in kentucky i believe votes are still being counted this is as of sunday night um between for for the senate democratic primary um, between Amy McGrath and Charles Booker and Amy McGrath, as many people know, she's been running for two years now. She mm-hmm. was endorsed early and strongly by Schumer. She's got a one, two, I don't know how many super PACs she has. I know my mom's just been like, we got to give to Amy McGrath $40 million. Yeah. And Charles Booker, um, who was, I be- believe, a state legislator, um, progressive black legislator is neck and neck with her right now. Yeah. Currently up by
0: a couple of points and it's only, you know, two more days until we're supposed to have a final count. So that's exciting. That one makes me a little bit more nervous. Like the, the New York stuff is all that's just, that's cake. It's great. I love it. Especially (laughs) Jamal. I had him on my show a few times. He's just such a genuinely nice, real person that like, I, you know, I I have a lot of faith that he'll be able to accomplish great things. Um, With Booker, it's perhaps it's not quite as shocking but it's very shocking especially considering he was you know outspent like you pointed out like 40 to 1 or so but the thing is he still has to run against Mitch McConnell and that is going to be a very difficult race no matter what yeah. um, and if he loses they're going to say oh look it's like we said you put a progressive up they're going to lose to Mitch McConnell like forgetting that Amy McGrath wouldn't have had a chance even with the extra money what what they need to do is take all that money from McGrath that would have been donated by wealthy people from around the country, give that to Booker, give him an actual fighting chance if he wins. And and it looks like he could be the the nominee right now.
1: That's, and I wonder if that will happen, right? You're absolutely right. You can set someone up for failure by just, you know, not going, not giving him the money or the support or not. I mean, I would imagine Bernie, if he wins this, Bernie will go to Kentucky, but I don't know if Bernie's going to galvanize, you know, particularly the black Kentuckians who would need to be galvanized. You might need to, you know, a Kamala or a Stacey Abrams, you know, like, are they going to jump on and, and you know, heavily um, get out the vote for him? Or, yeah, or is it like, no, 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 he crossed us. He's, he primaried the, our girl, so, yeah. no.
0: Well, look, if I had any influence whatsoever, and I don't, what I would say is they need to run an at least two-pronged strategy. What they need to do is put out, stuff about him, what he supports, run a populist sort of campaign for him and I think in Kentucky that'll that'll do quite well. Nationally, they need to run the most vicious anti-Mitch McConnell ads imaginable because while people hate Trump more, people hate Mitch McConnell and they hate mm-hmm. how much he's accomplished. And so if you want to get donations to flood in from around the country, do the stuff for Booker, but they they're not they're not that into it, the the national democrats, but they do hate Mitch McConnell. And as much as they would prefer Amy McGrath, they don't want Mitch McConnell choosing, you know, being in charge of Of the next Supreme Court process.
1: Right. It's not a it's not a low profile race. Yeah. It's not an AOC versus uh, what's his ass face. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I remember it. Crowley. Thank you. I remember. But you said it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What do you John what his, do you his
2: mean? first name was Assface though? It was Assface Crowley. <laughs> As- <Yeah. laughs> it's weird that you forgot that part because that yeah. it stands out.
1: True, true, true. Um, John, what are your thoughts on this this strategy from the right right now, which is like Biden is whipped by the radical Dems? Like, it's funny that mm-hmm. he's not but no. it's a little weird though that like Yeah, mm-hmm. what is what is that? What's that strategy about?
0: You know, it's like I, I'm sure that they think it's effective, and maybe it even is. As part of that radical left that wishes we had whipped Joe Biden, every time they do that, where they take like you know a crappy centrist and they call them a crazy communist, it just feels like like salt in the wound because we don't get <laughs> to have those candidates, but then they act as if we do. So we're just watching the process, feeling beaten a second time. Um, I don't think it's going to be nearly as successful. Because they they do do it to every candidate, and I don't necessarily think that that's what puts them over the line in the national or state elections where they win, especially national elections. They need the misogyny, they need the racism, and they're going to have yeah. that. Like you can, you they're going to have some of that. You can guarantee that there's going to be a caravan suspiciously close to the election somehow.
2: Sure.
0: but man, did they love running on misogyny? Um, caravan
1: of, that's one of the worst
0: things about America is that 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 will always be there waiting uh, to 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 meet female candidates. And with Biden, it's going to be a little bit harder.
2: It's like the the right will will run red baiting against even the most conservative Democrats. Like you know, they'll run red baiting against Joe Manchin if they if it seems like the reason to do it. Yeah. The only people who are like and it doesn't. I don't think I agree with you. I don't think there's any reason that it works with voters. The people who actually care about it are Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Charles Schumer, like Tom Perez. It's the It's the establishment Democrats that are worried about being called socialists and use use that stuff to justify how they define the policy platform more than any of that stuff actually move. I feel like moves votes. Yeah,
1: I mean, and that goes back to the, you know, the idea that you should win over the repentant Karens, the now Sharons, uh, who maybe were once republican and now are democrat and then that's the sliver of people that you're you should get rather than like yeah increasing the voter base making it easier to vote um and it and it does and i don't mean to be like super cynical about this but it really does make you wonder like do democrats want to expand voting rights like are they actually committed to making sure more people vote or do they also secretly know that their 30 plus year reigns and their you know, um, cozy relationships with corporate donors will be compromised. Their entire Beltway ecosystem will be compromised.
0: I think there might be like a third potential explanation. Mm-hmm. I think that in theory, they might. But when they think about trying to get out the vote, they think about the sort of campaigns that are run every presidential election. You know, like, you know, let's get P. Diddy to do a video and let's put a little bit of money into it. But all of that is trying to get people to vote for shitty candidates that don't really offer them anything. And so they've been trying to do that for decades. I don't think they actually get what trying to expand the franchise in terms of fighting back against voter suppression, but also by putting up a candidate that would actually inspire new voters. I think that they conflate those things and they think it's wasted money to try when they've never actually tried this second option.
1: Sure, 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 sure. And, and everything I mean that's the thing the popularity of people like aOC and Bernie that that should just let that ride, you know, but especially when it comes to Bernie, they won't they yeah have- I mean
2: well, I was gonna say like you know i i've been I've been working on political campaigns for twenty years, and I feel like there is you know, I feel like the left also gets blinkered around this stuff too, in the sense that um that they like it's like whenever a centrist Democrat runs, the left goes, see, you know, you didn't energize the base and you lost because you weren't progressive enough. And then when a progressive lose runs and loses, we say, well, the establishment held us down. And it's like, you know, of course, if you're articulating the kind of politics that the, you know, your AOCs or your Ilhan Omars are um, are advocating, of course – the entire ruling class is going to fight against it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, like, and our job is to, is to out-organize them and to run better ca- candidates with better campaigns. And I think it's true and, you know, like, I don't think it's true that the American electorate is spontaneously clamoring for socialism until we go and organize them around it. Like, we have to go, You people aren't with you until you organize them to be with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And... I think-
1: yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I uh, yes, I absolutely agree with that. I I wanted to actually like focus on the media because I think the media has had a huge role to play, and I think he, they've had a huge role to play in the downplaying of Bernie Sanders and Bernie Sanders' candidacy. And it's even it's like it's hard to think of him and utter his name because you know talk about salt in the wounds and remembering you know like everything that could have been. Um, but I wonder. You know, to what extent do we blame the media for Sanders not being the nominee? Um, I don't know, John. What are your thoughts on that? I think that's a that's an easy go-to, but
0: yeah, I assume you're talking about like mainstream cable news media and maybe some news Not
1: media. the damage report on yeah. Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. <laughs> live streaming on um,
0: see, I actually tricked you because I actually think look, I think that independent progressive media did everything they can. But we are still very small in comparison. And so, yeah. like, you know, uh, during the pandemic, um, my show is done better than it's ever done before. And it still gets watched by a fraction of the people who watch the shittiest MSNBC show each night, you know? Like, right. it's, not an, it's, a, it's not an insignificant fraction, but it's a small fraction. And so, those people are still gonna have a lot of influence. And the path to parity between independent media and mainstream media is a complicated one. And it's difficult to reach when they're far better organized than we are. That we're mostly solo players, we're mostly self-funded, we're mostly operating without any sort of long-term mission statement. Like it's just, can I survive? Because a lot of these people, they don't, they're not, you know, swans and heirs. They're people who are just desperately trying to get enough Patreon followers together to not, you know, starve month to month. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so, tip, us, tip us at TBR-Live, guys, on Venmo. Yay!
0: Exactly. Um, but yeah, in terms of the mainstream media, I think that they were absolutely vicious towards um, Bernie Sanders in a way that, you know, if there was any justice in the world, would have resulted in more of them losing their jobs. Sort of one kind of did with an assist from um, some sexual harassment um, allegations as well. But it was just absolutely brutal. They, they treated him in a way that they wouldn't have treated any of those other candidates, probably even including... Elizabeth Warren. And I don't know if that's enough. I think there were other factors holding Bernie back, but I think it was a significant one.
1: I mean, I got a, I got an interview with Bernie Sanders on MSNBC. I want everyone to remember that, that I did my best this you time did. around. Uh, at the same time, I, 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 what, what's frustrating to me is like, you have right wing upstarts. God, I can't even call her that, but like Tommy Laren, you know, you've got uh, we lost NATO. That's fine. But you've got right wing upstarts and suddenly they're on Fox News in two seconds. Yep. And and you've got the, in the same vein, Tea Partiers, um, you know, kind of non grassroots, but Tea Partiers like completely revolutionize and change the, the right wing, the Republican Party for the worse. And yet when it comes to Democrats, wh- re- whether like whether it's AOC or whether it's, you know, pundits on the left. The energy is not followed, and I'm not. I, I'm not equating Tommy Laren with anything that we do or anything. What I'm saying, there is energy on the fringes of the right. There is energy yeah. on what I don't think are fringes, but on you know progressive, in the progressive movement. But that energy is never folded in by either mainstream, the mainstream political party or the news. And you'd think like, you know, these ratings mongers would want to get new younger and I know like you know there's a justice Dems uh, I'm going to forget her name and be an asshole, but the a regular CNN commentator who's on who's with Justice Democrats Alexander um, yes Alexander Rojas thank you and that's wonderful that's a huge thing CNN is like how how is CNN beating you MSNBC um but <laughs> I think the other thing is like I, I think to be totally fair, I do think that the glad handing that was required, the like the brown nosing, everything that's required to butter up even people like executives, you know, in the news, Bernie just didn't have it. Bernie yeah. didn't have that slime to him that sometimes is good slime,
0: Maybe. Like,
1: you know, right. Yeah, it's, it's bad slime, but he's like, we're going to take on the ruling class in the media. It's like,
2: yeah.
1: Shh you gotta, you can't let's, <laughs> let's, let's save that car. You know what I mean? Like let's <laughs> use the vessel,
2: yeah. get
1: the message out. And then we tell them that, you know, they're part of the ruling class and we're going to yeah. dismantle them.
0: Yeah. And look, look to the credit of at least Chris Cuomo. He's had jank on a bunch of times. He's had Anna on a lot of times he actually had me on and I was supposed to continue coming on and then the pandemic happened and, and it became impossible, but he has done that. Although like with your Bernie analogy, um tyt has spent years attacking cnn and msnbc so i understand why they'd be a little bit hesitant to have us on one of the significant differences between the embrace of the radical youtube right by fox which is totally true and cnn and msnbc potentially bringing on online lefties is that what the radical right youtuber or whatever does is largely agree on substance, especially economic substance with any old white senator you imagine. Mm -hmm. But they're really vicious about lib tears and they're racist and anti-Semitic and all that stuff. They bring that sort of like edgy, cruel misogyny and racism and they get brought on to do that without actually questioning anything that Fox News supports substantively. That is not what would happen with CNN and MSNBC. We're not interested in those diversions. We actually want to talk about uh, effectively the people who are advertising on their networks, the people who are donating to the politicians that they have great relationships with. So I want them to bring us on, but I understand why they're hesitant because we are actually a challenge of their power in a way that Ben Shapiro is never going to be to Fox news by design.
1: Very true. Absolutely. No, no, you're absolutely right. No, of course. And then whenever they get called on like the fact that they don't actually support the working man, they have no idea what to say, you know? Um, I also, I do, again, I still believe in infiltration of mainstream outlets. Uh, I, I, th- I think it's important. Um, and so, I'm like, for me, I, I also think that it's important not to spend all of our days just railing against CNN yeah. and MSNBC. And I also think that the danger that lefties get into is that they rail against them so much and two things happen. One, they don't actually watch. And I, I know it's a lot to ask everyone to watch if you hate Maddow watching Maddow or, you know, if you hate Cuomo to watch whatever it is. But you can't make claims on on things that you're not actually seeing. You know, so if you say that, oh, they're ratcheting up war in Iran, they're not like I was. Yeah, I've been watching. You know, they're not. So well, there's you, that.
0: really fast. you say that. But what if you were to make that claim and immediately get 2000 retweets? Exactly. By people who similarly haven't watched it.
1: Exactly, and that's that. That is, I think, the left can dabble in unreality and anti-fact in the way that the right does, uh, and we have to watch ourselves on that. And I mean, and then the other thing uh, that I'll say is that. Just because the mainstream media covers a story, just because George Floyd protests are all over the news, that for the first time we're actually seeing a substantive conversation about police brutality much broader and deeper than we ever saw when BLM popped off, doesn't mean it's not an incredibly valid conversation. It means that actually the movement has pulled that conversation. That's a win. So just because the mainstream talks about it, I feel like the left is always like, fuck, 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 where's my niche? Where's my niche? And that's really, that's dangerous.
0: Well, and I think related to that, um, the right sees one of their YouTubers getting on Fox as a win. Uh, some in the left see someone from the left going on MSNBC or or CNN as being co-opted. Right. And totally. and because there's so much competition for a, whether it's actually a limited audience or an audience that's perceived to be limited, taking down someone who has managed to infiltrate even the barest minimum amount is seen as a way to get some of that audience. I don't maybe the right does tear itself apart, the independent right or whatever, and it's not really independent, they get money from all sorts of people, but the, the YouTubers, I should say. But I think that we do, we 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 tear each other down a lot. That's why mm-hmm. when there is a close relationship between some of these people, I think it's so important.
1: Yes, like you and me, John, and me exactly. and Anna, and we're BFFFFs. Welcome back, NATO.
2: Hey guys, what did I miss? Did oh my you
1: we figured about? Out We're, about each other. We're tearing the whole system down. Don't worry. We're going to start up a new news network. We'll just get a few investors. I've never seen this gone wrong.
2: Right. <laughs> uh, um, I, I have a question. Seat. Did, did you cover it already? I don't know. Um, so the... Um, I feel like like I get down with media criticism as much or more than the next guy um, and like understanding how uh, like corporate bias and sort of the like ideology of the mainstream media operates. Um, But there's sort of there's it's like it's taken as a truth on the left. I mean, it has to it has to be true that the 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 bias in the media shapes our politics but i I feel like we all get a little bit misty about how that works mm-hmm. and there's sort mm-hmm. of a there's sort of a counterfactual claim in it of like, well, if you know if tomorrow uh Francesca and John took over CNN, the world would be different like the you know it's it's better, right? but it's sort of like what's the how does that work? do you know what I mean like what's the I think we assume that the media shapes politics which it must, right? I would guess, as a Marxist, I have to say that there's some kind of um, dialectical relationship um, uh, between the media and politics. But, like, sort of, how how does uh, how much do we have to tip the scales to see the politics change? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, and I think we, we were we were just talking about how that works versus on the right and how it's not a one to one comparison. Um, because the right will never question um, the f- funding sources, for example, of Fox News. They're A-OK with that. And it the, it's completely anti-democratic. And so I think, um, I, I do think, and once again, I believe in infiltration of mainstream media. I do believe it's important to have left figures. I don't believe it's selling out, but I believe, you know, you have to, you have to proceed with caution. I think you see someone like you know, if, if everyone on MSNBC were like Chris Hayes, it would be a different network, you know? And, and I think for sure, if Bernie had managed to win the election, man, I would hope, and I think you would see some new hires on MSNBC. You'd also see some doubling down on red baiting and like, you know, some, they'd have the conservative, not the Chris Matthews, but somebody else. I agree with you. It's like, The problem with nailing down what's wrong with mainstream media is that it's slippery. It's slippery because they're not actively lying. They're not actively lying about Bernie. They're just omitting. They're omitting. They're they're, um, tailoring a conversation. They're having the same kinds of pundits on. And so it really isn't lie. It's just a narrow approach, the narrowest approach.
2: And, and um, even Chris Hayes says that, like, you know, when he, whenever he talks about climate change, his viewers go in the toilet. Yeah,
1: sure. John knows that he's been what? in the toilet.
2: Like <laughs> the, the difference between
0: the videos I want to do well and the ones I know will do well, like topically, it is sometimes 100 to 1. Honestly, it's abs- and it it just it hurts you. You got to keep doing it. But like, yeah, climate change, do stuff on Yemen. See if anyone will watch it. No, right, they won't. Um. And it's rough. You still have to do it. And you hope that gradually that will change. But sometimes it feels like you're shouting into the void.
1: Speaking of which, we are (laughs) streaming live (laughs) on Twitch and YouTube and Facebook right now. And if you're listening to this as a podcast, man, rate it. And uh, we have to move to our final segment, John. But let this be the beginning of something great, like a bonus episode Behind a Patreon wall, behind <laughs> a Venmo account, behind a screaming it's out, while
2: screaming into the void.
1: While screaming <laughs> into the void. This has been awesome. Thank you. Um, you guys are great. You're great, but stick around because we we want to do one more segment with you. This is a new segment. We have a tradition on the Bituation Room uh, as one of the oldest podcasts out there uh, that is call- <laughs> that is called New Segment.
2: Okay
1: <laughs> And uh, <laughs> our our new segment for this week. were you is... pausing
2: for graphics or sound effects? Yeah.
1: Okay new segment okay. Um, our new segment for this week is my sources Tell me, which is a little game where we get to play Nostradamus, we get to look at our little political tarot cards inside our hearts and uh, predict the future. So because uh, that always works out well. Mm. Um, it's better than polling. Look. It's better than polling. (laughs) So I know you weren't prepped on this, but I have a few. I have a few. uh, My sources tell me and fill in the blank. So um, come September, my sources tell me coronavirus will be. What?
0: Come November,
1: September. It doesn't matter.
0: September. Uh, It will have killed 100,000 more people and no one will care. We will... A few people. Yeah. Unless we're the uh, the people who get killed.
1: Oh, is this this not supposed to be dark and depressing? Well, this is a comedy show, so... Okay.
0: (laughs) How dark do you like your comedy? (laughs) Uh, I've got a 2020 for you.
2: (laughs) My sources tell me that the COVID vaccine will be invented by a Peruvian scientist... Uh, Trump will refuse to take the vaccine. Uh, he he won't take any vaccine from what he would call a quote shithole country, and then Trump will be the last person to die of COVID. He would Trump will be the second to last person to die of COVID because the last person to die of COVID will be Eric Trump just because everyone forgot to give him the vaccine.
1: That's great. Okay. That's what my sources tell me. After Tiffany. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, my sources tell me Trump will no, sorry, it's coronavirus. Uh my sources tell me that coronavirus will infect the president by the by the election. Absolutely. He will be infected if he isn't already. We won't know it because we'll be the last to know. Mm-hmm. But it's gotten ooh, it's got within striking distance. Um <laughs> My sources also tell me that once Trump is out of office, coronavirus will magically disappear, not by the hand of Biden, but because God is real. Uh, She is a queer butch um, uh, artist who, like, has a fucking piercing or whatevs. Um, Anyway, and coronavirus will disappear because that was what Mother Nature was wanting to do. And at that point, I will believe in God and, uh, you know, whatever. I'll go to whatever dope gay church that I can go to. <laughs> uh, all right. My sources tell me, John,
2: mm.
1: by this time next year, Donald Trump will be.
0: <laughs> um, he'll be b- buried under a foot deep layer of filet fish wrappers. I'm hoping. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like actually, well, that'll be his grave?
0: uh i know he could still be alive i just he's okay. depressed something uh-huh. bad has happened i don't know feel, the, the best humor you have to fill in some of the gap yourself
2: uh-huh
0: i don't know i'm not a professional like you people
1: it doesn't have to be funny okay mm, this is this is a hard one so he'll so that he could still be in office buried underneath the filet of mm-hmm. okay by this time next <laughs> year my sources tell me donald trump will be in moscow uh At the Kremlin, which I think is in Moscow, but it could be in St. Petersburg, but I'm pretty sure it's in Moscow. Uh, Please. Uh, By this time next year, I will know where the Kremlin is. Uh, Donald Trump will be in the Kremlin begging Putin to coup the US because it'll be some like Guaido situation in Venezuela. He'll come and be like, oh, my God, there was a, you know, I was ousted or whatever in a free and fair election and, uh, Putin will be considering it.
2: That's interesting, Francesca, because, because my sources tell me that by this time next year, Donald Trump will have, uh, learned the error of his ways will become a Patreon contributor to many <laughs> noted left-wing podcasts. <laughs> he'll, oh God, he'll, he'll, we,
1: John and I know which ones.
2: Yeah. Uh, he'll, he'll be a regular on Chapo. Uh, He'll be, he'll, <laughs> he will have become a, ve- a vegan. Uh, he's just like really getting into self-care uh, and like respecting other people's boundaries. Um, so he he'll live, be,
1: learn boundaries.
2: Yeah. He's going to go to the Black Lives Matter march with Mitt Romney, like the whole deal.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, there is. <laughs> wow. There's, there is, there's like a there's like a three month silent meditation yeah. between that.
2: Yeah, he's going to be at a Vipassana retreat with Jack Dorsey, <laughs> drinking uh. gray water. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: Damn. Um, all right. By 2024, my sources tell me Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez will be launching her campaign for what? Oh, oh my
0: God. Um, Okay, yeah. No, there's really mixed messages. Um, my sources tell me that by 2024, AUC will be launching her campaign for, I mean, I'm. is that Chuck Schumer's year? I, my sources aren't sure about that. But <laughs> I don't the know. idea is she'll be riding <laughs> years of like subtle in the beginning, but ever increasingly vicious burns against Chuck Schumer, making him look ridiculous on the national and indeed the international stage. So mm-hmm. that when she launches, he actually pulls out of the entire thing and she doesn't even have to run against him. That's what my sources are fairly confident about.
1: Oh, my sources think your sources are very correct. (laughs) That he will run for the hills before he has to run against her.
2: I hope. Uh, So my sources tell me that by 2024, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez will be launching her campaign for fucking Mother of Dragons, Breaker of Chains.
1: (laughs) 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 hell yes uh my sources agree with all of your sources uh no my sources say she's gonna make a run at the white house let's do this why not 2024 yeah biden can only my biden can only serve uh, you know a month i mean a year and a month a year a month and a day um, who was the
2: president? Was it William Henry Harrison who got elected and then died a month later? Is that the president I'm thinking of? Uh, our
1: producer Becca is nodding her head.
2: Yeah, so that's some
1: um, real insight into. So <laughs> William so, Harvey so so Biden what? is
2: gonna is gonna do a, a William Henry Harrison if 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 if, if he wins because the election isn't stolen, uh, he will do a William Henry Harrison and get elected and then mysteriously die a month later
1: look it's what he came to earth to do um
2: everybody has a purpose in life
1: that and be way too handsy oh uh, i'm gonna read a couple of the comments because these are great aoc will be speaker of the house says d d lolita or maybe that's just a dj rezio why lolita tell me how to pronounce <laughs> your name um uh, Donald Trump and Edward Snowden will be sharing a Moscow living space and in negotiations for a reboot of The Odd Couple. Wow. Good. Super odd couple. That's an Andrew Nydic, uh comment. Hey. Uh, and then Stephen Waddy says, uh, Speaker of the House AOC. Speaker of the House uh, Ocasio-Cortez. Oh. Um, Stephen also says NATO is the most cultured person on this podcast. Yes. And Look, that's Stephen, why when, when you're right, you're he's right. He's going to be kicked off. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's funny though, because, because, uh, you know, is I, it? Also, I don't want to
1: hear about it. I don't care. Don't. I'm also
2: a labor organizer and I, I hang out with working class people. Marxists are about contradictions.
1: <laughs> and he's a comic who, uh, does, uh, 10 minute sets in grimy pubs for a drink ticket.
2: Yeah, so all of it
1: yeah nato's got a balance he's got a he's a contradiction hi all right my cat's coming into the room you guys this has been lovely john what do what do we need to know about you what how do we watch more of your stuff
0: um don't if you're in the audience don't worry about watching me what you should be worried about is watching francesca on my show tomorrow youtube.com slash the damage report at 1 p.m eastern 10 a.m pacific time youtube live streaming also twitch twitch.tv slash tyt
1: sub twitch um thank you so much John we I'll see you there I'll see you tomorrow
0: thank you thank you to both of you
2: nice to meet you uh
1: NATO uh
2: NATO green buy my albums they're online N- the NATO green party and the whiteness album wherever you need comedy oh actually last week I teased it that I had an announcement this week uh I just I just remember this week uh, yes. uh, uh I believe on uh the 30th Means TV is uh, the first socialist streaming platform is releasing laughter against the machine, um, which is a uh, a tour documentary that I filmed in 2011 with W. Kamau Bell and Janine Parito, where we went around to political hotspots and did comedy and met people. We crossed the border in Arizona. We went, and then while we were on tour, Occupy Wall Street started. So we're in the middle of Occupy Wall Street. So
1: that's awesome. When's that out?
2: I think it's out the 30th on means TV. So, okay. so get, fire up your means subscription and watch that.
1: Hell yeah. Thank you so much, NATO. And thank you to everyone who's been watching. Um, Again, rate this podcast, subscribe, share it. I don't know if we do that with podcasts anymore. We will be here every Sunday at six, 9 PM Eastern time on Twitch, on YouTube, on Facebook, put that little uh, ring, that little bell and button uh, so that you get notifications and um, thank you so much for all of your t- your tips and donations. And uh, hopefully we can give a portion of that, um, a big chunk of that, uh, to the McLean family who absolutely deserves justice. And thank you so much. And remember, don't just bitch about it. Meow about it. Hygiene and make sure you regularly wash your hands. Keep a distance from everyone. Report anything like a simple tomb. Serious fever is a simple tomb. Dry cough is a simple tomb. Walk with is a simple tomb.